0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the monthly reset because we don't have time to do this every week. I'm Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Justin Townsend. Hello. Hello. So, this is a video game podcast sure it is sure it is if you don't know who we are we together hosted a video game podcast called talking games for combined how many years did you justin
1: i was over three
0: three yeah so um i didn't host it the whole time i hosted it part of the time but uh combined like four years of a video game podcast where one of us was the host or a featured member of that show um And that show ended uh, a few months ago. Uh, We didn't do a very good job of communicating that it ended. It just sort of ended and went away. And um, the truth is, it just was one of those things where I'm a father of a year and a half old. And the schedule of recording just really did not fit in with what I could handle anymore. And the our group just could not really come up with a time and a way to go forward where it all made sense for us. We all have left. We all lead very different lives in very different stages of our lives in many different time zones. So, um, what worked for one just seemed not to work for another. So, it it just kind of bled on and on, and we never did another episode. Um, And it just kind of ended without us really going out there and saying, Hey, we're done. Um, we always sort of plan to do a, Hey, let's goodbye episode or maybe like just do game of the year. And that would be our goodbye. And it just never happened. Um, cause the truth about podcasting is if you, if you stop doing it, it's very, very hard to start doing it again because suddenly that day that was on everybody's schedule to do something, is they people have lives and they do things on those days, including myself. So we never we never just got it lined up. Um you know, Justin had left Talking Games a little early um before it ended, um because he is also a dad and has a lot of responsibilities and recording every week at six o'clock in the after in the in the evening was just not feasible. <laughs> I have no idea how I did it for so long. <laughs> I don't either. I was a dad for like eight months and I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah,
1: after three years of it, I was like, I
0: don't think I could do this anymore. Um
1: <laughs> But yeah, here we are.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we we didn't want to bring back uh something called Talking Games or you know, the same thing as talking games because that was its own show and it belongs where it belongs. And it, you know, we have to honor what that show was. And honestly, we also we can't commit to doing something every week so this is the monthly reset which is us going to be doing a monthly video game podcast where we're going to go over the games that we played that month we're going to talk about the games we're excited about in the coming month um and we're probably going to address hey news stories that were big and lasting that made an impression on us that we want to talk about but this is not going to be the podcast that is going to try to be keeping up with the ins and outs of the video game industry as it goes on a day-to-day basis. We just, it never works in podcast form, I think, anyway, because you always end up being late and you always end up having weird timing with that stuff. We have some segments planned, some special shows planned, but that's going to kind of roll out as we go along. Uh, this week, this month, I should say, this month, um, we're going to actually talk about our favorite games of 2018 because we never did that. We'll do this um, every month. We're going to try to get it out. This one's happening a little later because we kind of came to this idea at the end of February. So my hope is to get this out the first Thursday of every month. So that's my hope and plan um, is to do that. We should talk about quickly.
1: We should talk about how this show actually came to form at the very end of February. Bobby and I have discussed doing a podcast a couple of different times in the, the months since I left talking games and then talking games unceremoniously ended. And Bobby was always kind of like, I think I'm done with that part of my life, like doing this type of show. Mm-hmm. And then we were arguing about something. I can't remember what it was, but we were doing a thing that you and I do Anthem. all the time. It was Anthem. We were it arguing was about Anthem. Anthem. Yes, yeah. it was about Anthem. And how to take critical opinions of the game. Mm-hmm. And we argued about it for about, I don't know, twenty minutes or so. And then at the end of that twenty minutes, you were like, Do you want to host a podcast with me? <laughs> so we can get back out there and do this in public. And I said, mm-hmm. Absolutely, because yeah. I missed doing this.
0: Yeah, I missed doing it too. And and I think monthly is the right cadence, uh, especially for us, um, about what we want to do. And we do have other plans, like we're gonna do non-video game stuff in sort of like special um episodes and stuff like that and we're gonna try to if if it works out for us right if if something really big happens to break like in between when we're recording and we really want to talk about it we're gonna try to hop on and do a quick show and um get it out there the 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 good thing (laughs) the good thing about being a dad is that I know that from a certain hour to a certain hour I'm gonna be in this room, either playing video games with Justin or doing this (laughs) because that's only hours in the day. I had to do anything. So I know that most likely one of those nights we'll, I'll be able to come out, come up here and we'll be able to talk about this. Um, You know, we'll definitely be covering E3. We'll definitely, um, you know, we talked about reviewing some movies or, you know, talking about stuff like that. We're, you know, um, we have some ideas. We're going to, we're going to try to also do some stream, some weekly streams, um and uh mostly we're going to focus on battle royale stuff for for those streams is is our plan for right now and then if things expand things expand i think the important thing for us is we're going to let it sort of grow and do its thing naturally um as we go um but we can promise you there will be at least one podcast about video games every month so that we can we can commit to um is there anything else you want to say about the the genesis of the show, Justin. We argued about the name a lot. We did. We did. Justin had some horrible ideas. That's some great and, ideas. <laughs> and um, we each had some very good ideas uh, that then we then realized, hey, it's very hard to name a podcast in 2019 because everything has been taken 10 times. Um, so a couple of the names we really liked had already been taken and so what was taken
1: like a week before we came up
0: with it <laughs> yeah the what was the drop the drop, the drop ship? ship the drop ship was was one of them um i one time uh, we can show you the text message chain that we did of trying to figure out the name um but the monthly reset we felt like um speaks what the show is it, it hints at video games but it's not explicitly like hey this is about it has to be about video games so that's where we wanted to to go with it um you know our, our our sincere hope is that as we go along when people start listening hopefully uh we'll get some emails some some uh, Twitter reactions and we'll'll we'll, your you guys your you guys that was great um your voices will be part of the show as well um if if we're a little bit shaky getting back into this please forgive us it's been a minute since we did this kind of podcast so. Um, we have to get back into the flow of, of of being critical and talking about video games in a critical way. And I do want to say, um, you know, uh, speaking to Kelsey and Hugh and Matt, that, um, doing the show with them was fantastic. Um, it it was great. Um, brought a whole new energy to the show and, and great perspectives and they're all, amazing people and amazing friends and my hope is that we don't as we go along and we have people on the show we can have them on talk about games talk about guests, movie we can cross over with kelsey's reading um book vlog um reading with kelsey on youtube um and and get some of those people back on the show as well but for now let's get into it let's start talking about some video games Justin, do you want to talk about what we've been playing recently or do you want to get 2018 off the books? Let's get 2018 off the books. Okay. So um, we each made a top five and kind of a, hey, these just missed our top five. Uh, five. So we have 10 games each. Um, but I would say for me this year, um, I didn't play enough games to their completion to feel like, this top 10, like a top 10 list would have been more than just, Hey, here's five games. I really loved. And five games I liked that. I happened to finish, you know, that's what I felt like the bottom of my list kind of was. Um, I don't know about you, Justin, but I, I stopped podcasting to not have to play so many video
1: games. And I played more hours of video games than I did <laughs> the year before.
0: Was that just because you played games that were very long or play games for a very long time where you played I more mean, games
1: last year? I, played and beat the witcher red dead redemption uh assassin's creed origins like Mm. i went i had a lot of multiple 80 hour plus games
0: yeah yeah plus all of the um battle royale that we played and also on your you played a lot of overwatch last year 150 something
1: hours of overwatch (laughs) i snuck that in somewhere
0: that's nuts that is a crazy crazy number um mm. i will say it's it seems crazy that most of this happened in 2018, but you and I and Andy uh, played a whole lot of PUBG in 2018. That's right. It feels like that was like 3 years ago that it that does. that happened. Um, but my son was definitely alive while we were <laughs> we were playing it. So Forgot that. um so it wasn't that long ago. Um yeah, so that that's it's I that's not a game of 2018, but we played a lot of that game in 2018. Um But let's let's talk about um, the games we loved. Do you want to talk about the games that just missed your list first? How do you want to do this, Justin? Um, No, let's let's
1: start with the top fives and then we could talk about games that, hey, like I didn't really get to either I didn't get to finish this or I, um, you know, it just missed the cut because there were a lot of games uh, for me that I, I struggled with this list. Mm-hmm. Um, our top five is pretty similar numbers are in a couple of different places yeah um yeah it's after that where things differ for you and i
0: yeah definitely definitely so we actually have the same number five which is call of duty black ops four did you, you think th- just at the beginning of this year that you, a call of duty game would be
1: in your top five i didn't think after call of duty came out that it was going to be in my top five <laughs> um yeah, what a, like I you loved old Call of Duty games and never really got back into them. Um, you know, Time to Kill is extremely quick in those games, and yeah. my reactions aren't what they used to be. Um, but what really brought us to that is you and I really like uh, battle royale games, and Call of Duty was like, "Hey, we're doing one of these," and it turns out it's phenomenal. Um, we probably have spent the most time playing that of anything else this year that's probably passed Overwatch for me now what do we have we have to have close to 200 hours in that
0: yeah we'll have to look we look at the the, the, the time clock actually i can probably look right now while we're talking um on the app but um i yeah and i think it's interesting because they did a beta right they did a beta for blackout i think a month before it came out yeah. maybe not even maybe even less than that and i, I think that up until that point you and I had sort of so the similar feeling, which was that's nice. They're a battle Royale, but I don't want to pay $60 for this one thing. Cause like it's also, it's call of duty. It's going to be super fast time to kill. They've never done a player count this big. Um, we real i really think that the Battlefield 1 is going to be the one that I'm going to want to play, right? That yep. we kind of had the same opinion on it. Um we're still yet to see what the Battlefield 1 is. <laughs> um that's not even out as as we record this. Uh, but um that beta came out and we both, you know, did what people do, which is we pre-ordered the game on Amazon or from a retailer that we knew we could cancel just to get the codes. We got the codes, we got in and we played it a lot. On the, in that beta period a lot and there's that moment where I know I had that moment where, where I was playing and I was like huh this feels like a battle royale game right this doesn't feel like definitely it's a different spin on it definitely doesn't feel like battlegrounds it doesn't feel like Fortnite, Um but it, it it's, it's a battle royale game it's not just hey here's call of duty multiplayer with a ton of people in it um and i i fell hard at that point and then when the game came out like you said we just played and played and played and played and played and it's been interesting because like we've seen sort of the ebbs and flows of of the game right a few what a month ago yeah uh, um, i thought i was done with the game after playing 180 hours of it or whatever it was they like these games always do they made changes they reacted they and they made these big changes to the armor system and then the game did feel a lot like hey you're playing Call of Duty multiplayer except you're playing in a battle royale kind of death was extremely quick and you just had this feeling I just feeling like well this is not what I want from one of these games but which made me sad it made Justin very sad (laughs) but they retweaked it and now like it's back to i think a good place i think it's better than it was before um you you enjoy the regular competitive multiplayer much more than i do yeah um i don't i don't i don't dislike it but it's not my it's not my like my my top um what is it about the regular multiplayer that you love justin You know, they added these specialists, so they kind of like, you know, you could tell like this game's
1: origins came when Overwatch was really big. Um, Because, you know, you have these specialists, they have these abilities, and, um, you know, that's all good and fine. Um, I use the healer, of course, but it just, you know, when you get back into the flow of Call of Duty multiplayer and you're used to the time to kill, and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm playing like Dwayne Wade out there right now. Like, I'm in my last season, I don't have the quick Twitch reactions that I used to. So I, I play more um, cerebrally where I'm, you know, I'm posting up at corners. I'm like, I'm thinking about where people are going to be because I can't turn on the, you know, I don't my settings aren't at max sensitivity 10 mm. anymore. I, I just can't do it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I do OK and I enjoy that. Um, it, felt, it felt good to get back into a Call of Duty multiplayer because, you know, there are these random rounds where it's like I have a helicopter out that is shooting all these people and man, this feels really good to get all these kills and not do anything. (laughs) (laughs) And then I, I I really got into for a a hot minute. I was uh, really into the gun skins, Mm. like maxing out all the guns to get to dark matter. Like I had never done that before when I was heavy into call of duty, they didn't have that type of stuff. So like, you know, I'd be working at getting a hundred headshots and then having to destroy, you know, armors and vehicles with certain guns or certain grenades to get cool camos h- hoping that one day i would be able to bring those camos into the blackout mode which we were able to do and then right as i was at like the peak of doing it they're like actually we're gonna add our own systems for like cool skins in blackout where you pick up these paint cans which is ridiculous but it is yeah. really funny when we play because like there's that moment the other night where it was like you need to live for five seconds more justin and i'm like but there's a pink can right in front of me. Yeah, and I ran yeah. out and got it and died with a second to go.
0: That was definitely what happened. And Andy and I were not very happy with you. Um, yeah, no. I, <laughs> I'll say one thing, and before I move on from from Black Ops, is that I think that um, what I really like about the game in in the blackout mode, especially, and this is something that I think we'll talk about when we talk about the games we've been playing this year or this month which another battle royale game which dropped uh about a month ago um which i like more than some of the other battle royale games is that there's a lot of what else i'll call them i I use this term when i talked about um breath of the wild but there's a lot of verbs to use in the game which is like there are like these abilities and equipment things that you you would not you would not think naturally go together that go together like there's a sensor dart which will you shoot it in an area and it will show you if people are in a building right so you can see a little dot on your map it'll show on your radar hey there are people there you can shoot that at a vehicle and drive that vehicle around and it will show it will be like a moving radar for you right and I don't think that when they created the game they thought like hey this is our plan you know I don't I don't think that they I I doubt that they even play tested it, and someone did that in play testing. I doubt it, right? But it's but it exists and it's cool. Like the idea that you can drive a truck underneath a supply drop and then drive it away before it hits the ground. It's like a very cool thing, and I like that you can put these different things together um, and and do interesting things that aren't the game isn't like designed to do, but it lets you do. Um, and, and I think that's what's really cool about it, and I think it helps make up for. Which is my really my only big beef with the game is that I feel like the map is too small and so you get less of sort of like that exploratory feeling that I liked uh, that that the really was my favorite thing about battlegrounds right is that there's no sort of like there's really like the beginning game and almost the end game in, in 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 blackout there's not the mid game is not much different than. The other parts of the game you you know um but that's my only beef with really big beef with the game and i wish the map was bigger but because they have these things you can do at least it it makes things uh interesting at at every turn so yeah i did not expect to have this game on a top five at all but i ended up uh really really loving it so i my my only thing is like because it's call of duty I, i i think to myself when do they abandon this mode and get ready for modern warfare 4 or whatever the hell the next game is. And is that going to have a battle Royale? And if it has a battle Royale, does that mean blackouts like going to just be dropped, you know, it, b- with support or do they not do a battle royale in this game and keep supporting blackout? I, I I'm, I'm very interested to see what that, what that is. Yeah. We don't know. <clears throat> um, What's your number four, Justin?
1: Actually, I was looking at our top fives. They're sort of similar. There's a couple of ones that are different. My number four three is... Three of them are similar. Yeah. The My number four is Spider-Man, which mm-hmm. I've been looking forward to for years and years uh, since that announcement I guess, like three years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked it's not my number one uh, because I was so amped up to play it, and it's a terrific game. And you um, really
0: love Spider-Man. If people don't I really, know, you I really, really love, sp- love
1: Spider-Man. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> a, a giant tattoo on my shoulder should say it. Um, yeah, I mean, they nailed it. I mean, uh, Insomniac needed to nail the swinging. They nailed it. They needed to nail the humor. They nailed it. They needed to nail the heart of what makes Spider-Man, Spider-Man, just much like Spider-Verse, uh, Into the Spider-Verse did uh, for the movies this year. I mean Spider-Man is probably at the peak of his game all arounds between you know Homecoming and then Far From Home and and the, the um, you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe and then into the Spider-Verse and now this like absolutely fantastic video game where it feels like the most true version of the character I've played. It feels like the, the, like they took a version of the comic book character which is hard to do mm-hmm. and put him in a game. um you know it really wasn't their spin on it i mean yeah they made their own costumes and they have like kind of a spin on the villains but they really got what makes peter spider-man and it was just a joy to play swinging around the city the gameplay is kind of old school it's it was it's it's you know you web up villains and you know you have this giant new york city that you could swing around in um you know people were kind of Maybe not thrilled with like the fact that you know a lot of the things are repetitive. A lot of the missions, or not the missions, but the side missions are repetitive. But I mm-hmm. thought they told an absolutely fantastic story, which is the part that blew me away the most. Um, they took their own spin on the Spider-Man mythos. You know, they got the character correct, but let's let's change the world around him slightly. So you know, Mary Jane is an investigative reporter. Um, Aunt May works at a shelter, which she does in the comics. Um, they spun this, the Sinister Six a little bit differently, and then the main villain of the game being um, spoilers. We're doing spoilers here, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, you can do yeah. spoilers.
1: But like, you know, the main villain of the game being Otto Octavius. But you know, you're not. You're they're laying the groundwork out. But I kept thinking like, oh, this is going to be in the second game. The second game, and you find out he's actually the main villain of the entire game. Mm-hmm. And the, the the relationship between Peter and Otto was really good. And I can't wait to see what they do with a sequel for this game.
0: Yeah, it, it just missed. It's it, If I had to put a number six probably in, it probably is my number six. Um, excuse me. Yeah, I, I also loved it. Um, I mean, I think that the only thing that drags it below for me is just I, I think that the side stuff is extremely repetitive and it feels like an open world game from, you know, 10 years ago. In, yeah. in, in that structure, in the storytelling and, and visuals, it's, you know, top of its game, but that's how it feels, it definitely feels like Insomniac is like, we've never made a game this open before, let's just kind of take the playbook from other games and put it in here, and it's fine, I I, li- I liked it, I, I've, I nearly, I nearly platinumed it, if it hadn't been for the fact that the DLC drops you into a separate map that you can't complete the other objectives on, I would have platinumed it, um, but... Uh, that was the only part that, that that just dinged it a little bit for me. Uh, I totally agree with you about the story. I, I and it was emotionally effective in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. It, I I think that I really like what it goes for in the switching up perspective stuff that that it does. I don't think it. Those sequences are always the most fun in the entire world. Um, I didn't have a lot of problems with them. Like I didn't like fail out of them a lot. But yeah, they're just not very great. They're just not great. They're just kind of like they don't give you a lot of stuff to do. They they as Spider Man you have like. All of these powers, all the stuff you can do, and then you're like Mary Jane, and if you you, just to, you to try to knock, knock knock over a million boxes that are in every room, apparently, that, that you go in, I, I don't think you should be, I don't want to see, I don't I don't need Mary Jane to have superpowers, but I just would like there to have been more stuff. There's that one mission when you're in Grand Central, where you're kind of like calling out for Spider-Man to take people out, yeah, and you're, you're seeing it from bad. your perspective. That's cool, because it gives you something else to do other than just, like, I'm just going to sneak, and hopefully nobody... You know, catches me. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought the performances from those characters were great. I like the way they set up Miles quite a bit. Uh, I think the stuff they set, the hooks they set up for the Green Goblin stuff, or the the Osborne stuff, I don't know if they're going to do the Green Goblin stuff or not, and the next game is interesting. And I like that, look, we've got comic book Spider-Man, we've got movie Spider-Man, and now we have like video game Spider-Man, and they all sort of have the same ethos the same you know philosophy but they have different st- way they're telling their stories and different plot points they're using and you know they're, they're saying true to the spirit of characters and events while not making them the most predictable set of events they possibly can um you know, it's a little bit like what Telltale did with Batman in that Telltale game. Um, they went
1: way sideways with that Telltale game.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I, I just mean, general being like, okay, yeah, like, you know, like, he's Batman. Like, he is, he has the Batman stuff, but we're going to change up around yeah. how, how characters become characters. <clears throat> you know, the, what they did with, like, Otto and stuff feels a lot like what a movie would would do, right? Which is like, okay, he's like a nice, kindly man with, who knows Peter, and then it makes it more emotionally effective when it becomes a villain. Right? Yeah. Um, instead of just being like, hey, I'm a crazy scientist who got more crazy. He feels a lot like the Alfred Molina Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2 is what he, he feels a lot like. Um which I thought was cool. And you know, and I think that I I I think that we talked about this actually we' were talking about this via text, I believe, yesterday or today, which is that when I finished Spider-Man, I was like was awesome! I cannot wait to see what happens when they have a sequel. You know, and and they, they 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 take all the stuff they did great, and then they they can refine the stuff that they weren't they didn't do as great. You know, yeah. it was just like good to very good. I, I think they can make a lot a lot, a lot of that stuff great. Um, I mean, but it, it's a tough it's a tough nut to crack, right? Because the the structure of the game is very based around that core story, so you can't really do too much story stuff on the edges without kind of taking away from what that is. I think, I think a lot of ways the Arkham games sort of had the same, um, vibe to some of its side stuff, though. They went a little bit more dynamic with what their side stuff ended up being. Um, uh, yeah. So my number four is, I believe it's Celeste right now. I cannot see it's Celeste. Okay. I can, there you go. It's Celeste. Um, which is a um, pixel platformer by uh, the dealer called Matt Makes Games. I can't remember Matt's last name. I'm going to say it's Thorson. That's what something, my, yeah. that's my like guess. Uh, he's the guy who made Towerfall. And he made this um, mass core platformer or whatever you want to call it. A very, very difficult platformer. With very exacting challenges and and, and uh, tight uh, but um, unforgiving mechanics, uh, I, I would say extremely unforgiving. Um, the thi- and, and that's and I like those kind of games and I enjoyed that part of Celeste quite a bit. Um, I liked the challenge. I also liked that they're like, yeah, this is really challenging. We want you to do the challenge, but we get it. Like, if you can't get past this point, click. we, we have these like assists you can turn on that will you can use them to get past this point and then you can turn them back off and we're not going to judge you for it. You're not going to get docked for it. You're not going to get, you know, you just do it if you need to do it because we want to get you through it. Um, And and when I saw that originally, I was like, that's cool, but isn't the kind of point of these games just the hardness of them? Why do they seem to want to make you be able to get through the game? And then when you play the game, it has like this really rich set of characters and a really good affecting sort of deep story about mental illness and overcoming, you know, your, your, your personal issues and stop holding yourself back and all of the, all those kind of things. And then you realize, Oh, they wanted you to see the story of the game. So they want to, to get people who couldn't get through the, the challenging part of the platforming, a way to get through it. Um, and that's what impressed me so much about the game was that it felt like a game we loved last year, two years ago now, I guess, Night in the Woods. Um, it felt like very kind of similar to that story to me, like the same sort of themes and stuff were going on. Yeah. Uh, and I absolutely loved it. I, you know, I, I, I end up loving the story more than I love the gameplay, which was like a crazy thing because I did not expect that at all. Um, I know this is on your just missed list, Justin. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, uh... It just missed for me. I put, I don't know, like 60 hours into Celeste mm-hmm. because I, you know, they, they have those original tracks and then they have the B sides of the tracks um, yeah. or the levels where yeah. they're a harder version of those mm-hmm. levels. And um, I remember there was a Celeste is based off of a, a like a smaller game that they made a couple of years ago, which I think was called Pico or something like well, that. No,
0: Pico eight is like a. um is like a faux retro console, yes. um, and they made a version of it for P- okay. that that retro console. I think it was like the test or whatever. I could be getting this totally wrong. Um, and, and then they made it into a bigger game. But, but there are those find, versions yeah. of the levels in in the game, right? Well,
1: there's yeah, there's that. Um, there is a like a small little console you could find is like an Easter egg which lets you play it. I died like six hundred times alone, just <laughs> doing those like thirty levels. Um, which is one screen. Uh, So yeah, there was, I mean, it was extremely challenging and I was going for all the strawberries. I was going to try and platinum this game. I ended up doing it, but I just put assist mode on. I made it to the final parts of the B side. And at the very end, as you're climbing this mountain, there are markers, which let you know how close you are to the top on on the final level. With seven to go, they introduced a new mechanic on the B side and I could not get this mechanic. I must've tried for 10 hours. And then finally I was just like, I give up. I I, I just, you know, I don't have a skill for this. Um, (laughs) But it was crazy to me that, you know, on my 50th something hour of that game they were like here's a new spin on something and they never really explained things that well it was kind of like for you to figure out like we're just going to show you the buttons that you need to press but not understanding what you're trying to accomplish and so every now and then it was like this long thing where you need to get through like this insanely long spike trail Mm. Yeah. and I could get part of it and I could never do it like I could do it once but I could never do it the second time on like the the block that I need to like hit and bounce off of this exact right way but I thought the story was again agreed, super good. Um, it has one of my favorite characters of the year. If you're doing characters, Theo is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was this part where I got actually like um, not upset, but like not or emotional. I will say like I'll, I'll say more upset than anything else. You know, this whole time when the the characters are speaking, like you are speaking to your inner de- your inner demon. And she's just a like a warped version of the main character. I forget the main character's name. Madeline. Uh, Madeline. That's right. Because Celeste is the mountain, by the way, that you're climbing yes. in the
0: in the in the game.
1: And you're getting just a static, you know, like image where you hear this like kind of fake language being spoken. It's almost like murmurs. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, the character on the uh, they'll like have a square of their face, and the character will like not move or animate, but like you know, it'll go from like a smile to a frown or something like that. And mm-hmm. there's this one point where you're talking to your inner demon and she starts yelling at you and then climbs out of the box. Mm-hmm. And that like, it made me upset on my insides. Like I, I didn't get a f- <laughs> like it like made my heart skip a beat or two for mm-hmm. some reason, just out of nowhere. This character starts climbing out of the box and I'm like, Oh, I don't like this. Don't do this anymore. It reminded <laughs> me of a horror movie. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed Celeste. good soundtrack too.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Lena Rain is the composer of that. And I listened to that soundtrack quite a bit, actually. It's on Apple Music and Spotify and, and all those things. Uh, Matt Thorson, I was right. This is his name. Uh, he is the director and the designer. Um, Noel Berry is the programmer, uh, and then they, they had help apparently from a Brazilian studio called Mini Boss um, for with the art. And it was it was. Um, Noel and Matt created a prototype of Celeste in four days during a game jam. Now called Celeste Classic. Um, it was 30 levels for the Pico 8.
1: Yep. So there that's you a, go. It was like 600 deaths for 30 levels. It was ridiculous.
0: <laughs> that's uh, that's crazy. Um, it's a great game. And like I said, if if you don't feel great about your platforming skills... You can always um, do assists and stuff like that. No, I mean, they it, they have so many it. options for yeah. that
1: stuff. It's not just like I mean, one of the options is literally you could just float through the level invulnerably. Yeah. Um, but they'll make it where it's like you'll have a little bit of longer of an air dash, or you can grip onto a wall forever, whereas you couldn't do that in the main game.
0: Or instead of doing two jumps, you can do three jumps. Like there's they they, they kind of scale up as you go. Um,
1: so there's still a bit of challenge to it if you want it there.
0: Which is yeah, the, there is. It's yeah. not just
1: invulnerability on.
0: And I'll say too, because the game also just being not just being hard. It, it, when you, even if you know what to do, it can be hard to execute. Absolutely, but it's also a bit of a puzzle game, like Justin was saying, because you have to figure out. Sometimes you have to figure out like the exact way you need to get through the level, and it's not, it's not completely clear. It's not straightforward. Yeah, it's not straightforward. So um, that I used a, an assist one time, and it wasn't because technically I couldn't do it. It's because I could. I was like, I can't figure out. What the hell I'm supposed to do right here? And I was like, yeah. either I can stop playing the game, you know, um, I can look it up, I guess, or I, looked I it can, up. I looked or up a I few. can, or I can just like add a third jump, which is the only, and and I did that, and I got through it, and I turned it off, and went through. But you know, I, the fact that it gives you that option is is great. Um, what's your number three, Justin? Uh, number three,
1: one, two, three were really difficult for me. My number mm-hmm. three is dead cells. Uh, which is the best action roguelike platformer I've ever played. I they, loved... they should just
0: stop making them now. Yes, like, um, like they've made so many of them. This is the this is it. This is the best one. So just stop making them now. What was everybody? Really done? Li- what was the
1: game I really liked? I can't remember the name of it. Rogue um, Legacy. Rogue Legacy. Right. Yeah. I always defaulted to Rogue Legacy as yeah. like the pinnacle. Yeah. And um you know, I dead cells was in early access forever for forever on PC. And I was like, I'm just not going to play it on PC. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait till it comes out on console. And it came out and it, it was just fantastic. Uh, the, you know, much like Spider Man, you need to nail a few things when making these games. You got to nail the jumps. Mm-hmm. You got to nail, like, the combat, the speed. Um, and Dead Cells nails all of those things. I can't tell you anything that's going on in the game story wise. I don't think <laughs> it matters. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, you're a person that dies over and over again. Um, and every time you die, you, you go back to the beginning. Um, but you could pick, if you've, you know, if you clear a level and you have, you pick up these cells, um, Or blueprints, you can make new weapons, and then it's a random roll every time when you go in. And there are bosses, and if you beat the boss, sometimes they drop really amazing things, and you can you have abilities that you could pick up, where you could get, you know, a freeze uh, like a um, you know like a freezing ability or a fire ability, or you know um, you could get traps and turrets, and you then you could. Um, build your class the way that you want to build it, but it's all random. Like, you might not... Like, I loved playing traps and turrets, but sometimes I wouldn't get the types of traps and turrets that I needed. Um, The maximum length of the game is, like, an hour. Um, I... You know, you would start, and I would die on the first level, and then I'd go back, and eventually it was like, wow, my runs are getting to the point where I'm reaching the last level within, like, 40 minutes, but I was getting just wrecked there. And then I thought, like, okay, well, how can I how can I progress? How can I get through this better? And I found like a path. The, there are branching paths. Um, and I, you know, I eventually beat that level and got to the main boss and I never beat the main boss ever. <laughs> um, I had found out about a cheese after I, you know, cause the thing is for me that, that not frustrated me cause it's the way that the game is meant to be played, but I play for an hour. I get up to the boss and I would survive for 20 seconds, Yeah. 30 seconds. um, what I found out afterwards where people were just, uh, they were putting their console in, how they, I forget they're doing suspending it. And then going back to the dashboard and creating a save profile and then like uh, loading in their save. That's what Brad on giant bomb was doing. Yeah. So he could just keep, he could just like immediately load into the boss over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, and I never ended up doing that. I, I, I stopped playing it only because a bunch of other things came out. Um, But I still have it like sitting right on my dashboard ready to go back to. I know that they just updated it completely. Um,
0: Yeah, they like revamped a ton of it.
1: They revamped a ton of it. um, Yeah. Which I actually heard it actually makes the game more punishing. So we'll see about that. (laughs) But I mean, I spent 30, 40 hours with Dead Cells and never regretted a second of it, even though I could, Mm. you know, I got to the final boss five times and got... The best I ever did was I got him down to like half health. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I was very positive that my traps and turrets would work I and mean, then i would go on message boards and read like this dude was like oh no you know i have this knife that does backstab and i never really use backstab and he's like i just critted it out all the way because you could build the class the way that you want to build it like you could put points into health or into mm-hmm. abilities or whatnot and he's like I, I killed them in like 20 seconds and i never even took damage I'm like well i don't understand that <laughs> um but yeah dead cells is like you said like they may as well not make any more of these
0: yeah, um, it it's Rogue Legacy. I would also say would have been the standard for me in this particular type of game. And then they made a Rogue Legacy type of game that actually is very has great tight, amazing combat controls. But that's the only thing about Rogue Legacy, right? It's like it's not like the jumping and the the swinging the sword is not like amazing. It's just everything around it is so good that. You know, it doesn't matter. And in this game, it's just it's, it's it's the combat feels so so good. Um, yeah, I mean, m- my main problem with it, and like you said, not a problem like oh, they should change this for me so I would like it better. But my main issue is just that, like, let's say something like Spelunky or Rogue Legacy. Once you beat a boss once, you don't have to. With like Spelunky, you could unlock a path. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna skip the first level and go to the second area, because I played the first level 7,000 times, and I just want to go to the next level, right? Um, In Rogue Legacy, if you beat that first boss, you don't have to go back and beat the boss again, you know, to go beat the boss after it, you know, or whatever. Um, And in Dead Cells, it's like, no, you have to do the whole run from beginning to end every single time. And like you said, it was like deflating when you'd spend so much time getting up to a point and then die so quickly that you'd be like, man, I just feel like, the last thirty minutes were for nothing. You, yep. you, 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 you know. Um, the only thing about that was uh,
1: the way they had it set up when we were playing is like sometimes those bosses would drop like epic versions of the things that you needed, or like right. you know, like a, like mm-hmm. an epic spear that when if the enemy hit the wall, they got nine hundred percent damage, which yeah. was how I ended up beating that last level for the first time. And mm-hmm. the more that you played those bosses, I think there was two bosses. They became. Like I, I was able to easily beat the first boss without ever taking damage from him. Mm-hmm. It was right. like kind of a joke. Like it's like one of those dark souls like dark souls or bloodborne bosses where it's like your first one. You're like, oh man, I'm never going to be able to do this. I don't understand how people do this. And then you fight him so much where it's like, okay, you are kind of a joke now and I know your patterns. Ooh, and right. it, it, t- it would take me like a minute to beat those bosses.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was actually on just um, on one of my just missed games as well was was Dead Cell. So my number three is um, Justin's favorite game of all time, favorite type of game of all time, uh, strategy game into the breach is my number three.
1: I just couldn't get into this game at all.
0: (laughs) Justin loves strategy games. Um, especially turn-based strategy games.
1: My brain just doesn't work like that.
0: (laughs) Uh, anyway, this is a turn-based strategy game, um, made by people who made, um, FTL, which was, um, also a very hard, uh, run-based game. Uh, so this is a the, the the bare bones of this is very simple. It is a tile based, turn based strategy game in which you have three mechs and you are defending this kind of board from these bug monsters who are trying to take it over the conceit of the game is that you're time travelers you're going back in time the world has already ended and you're kind of like the last hope you're going back in time and you are trying to stop this thing from happening before before it happened um, and that kind of has the conceit of like oh there are people coming from the future and that's why like when you die you can do it over again and and, and stuff like that um, but it's also why you can see every move ahead of when it's going to happen. And that's like, that's the genius and beauty of into the breach for me. And this is why I think I love it so much is that in a lot of turn-based strategy games, um, you you get percentages, you get, Hey, this stuff can, you're, you you, this gun's going to do this. If you go here, we'll do this or whatever. But in a game like XCOM, you can be like, Oh, you have a 95% chance of hitting. And then you'll take the shot and you'll miss. And then your whole entire run is just completely fucked up because the you know the the percentages just didn't work out for you. Um and and into the breach, you can see basically the, the enemies move, and then you can see, hey, on the next turn, this enemy is going to attack this, this enemy is gonna attack here, and this enemy is gonna attack here, and this new enemy is gonna pop up here. And you have all that information in front of you. You can see the order in which they're going to attack. Um, and you know exactly how much damage you're going to do before you do it. You, You can, you can see all of these things before you do them. Um, and then it's just up to you to basically look at that board and go, okay, how do I do the right moves? How do I maximize my turn? How do I make it? So nobody dies. Nobody takes damage. Um, you can even get the bugs to kill themselves because no matter what they do, if this bug is here, it's gonna sh- and it's gonna and it's you can see that it's gonna shoot two squares away. It's always gonna shoot two squares away. So if you punch another bug into that second square, that it's gonna attack its own sort of like ally and 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 take it down. So there is there is like a purity to the information you have, and so it becomes less like a strategy game and more like a puzzle game that you're just trying to figure out the answer to the equation and I just fell in love with it like completely and utterly and it's also a great game to have when you have a very very small baby because it doesn't matter how much time you take in between turns there's no pressure to to kind of, I gotta do this now, or or it's gonna, or I'm gonna, my character is gonna die. Whatever. You can take your time. You can play it over a long period of time. And I just fell completely in love with it. Um, I loved the the surety of what each move w- was gonna be, and that's what kind of really drove it home for me. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Justin hated it.
1: <laughs> my brain just doesn't work like that. Like I I, I can't see. We're very different when we like with the games that we play. Like yeah. I can do things in first-person shooters. And you're like I just can't do that. Yeah. And you play these types of games, and it's like yeah, I just can't do that. I can't see three moves ahead. I can barely see <laughs> one move ahead. I can barely see the move I'm making now. <laughs> it's like oh, why did I move there? I'm instantly dead.
0: Uh, but in the reach, it's on PC. It's also on Switch now, and it's a it's a great um Switch port. So if anybody wants to play that, I I highly highly recommend it. I honestly thought in I forgot it was like March or February. I don't remember when the game came out. It came out early in the year though. Um, I thought it was gonna be my game of the year. I didn't think there was gonna be anything that was gonna go on top of it, and it ended up my number three. So um It's a good year. It's a good year. Yeah, it was it was a good year. Um so our top two are the same but different. <laughs> they yes. are the same two games, just flipped in in position. And I would say that um before my number one came along, I didn't see anything taking down God of War um, as my number one, um, and it did. So let's talk about God of War, because God of War is your number one, yep. and uh, Return of the Oberdin is my number one, and it's your number two. So those are the two games we're left to talk about here at, at, at the end um, for our top five. So um, what is it about God of War, Justin, that, that that just put it over the top for you?
1: Man, it was that axe. <laughs> that and that that recall of the axe where it makes you feel like thor um mm-hmm. man god of war i you know i was super jazzed to play it i was and you were not that was that's my favorite thing um yeah no I you, wasn't. Were, you weren't into it at all uh the idea of it at first and yeah. you ended up playing it before me it was one of I the did. few games where i don't remember what i was playing what was i playing that
0: I you might, was have or- you might have been playing Origins at the time. Was I playing fin- on Origins? Finishing I can't Origins or The Witcher? You might have been playing The Witcher. I was playing The Witcher. It seems like The Witcher time. It was also a thing where you went away or something the weekend yeah. that it came out or the week it came out. So you had a couple of days, and I it coincided with my wife taking my son to her parents' house for two or three days. So I just like sat in my pajamas for like three days straight and just like plowed through God of War.
1: Everything about that game is awesome. Um I think it's in the music. I f- still listen to the soundtrack. Music now. is great. The music is fantastic. You know, I I liked the God of War games just for their, you know, their actiony blood everywhere. You know, they were fun to just sit there and slash things. You mm-hmm. know, I never really cared one iota about the story of Kratos, and this game made me care about Kratos as a character. Um, I was so done with the whole angry – like, you were – like, you know – I used to watch Weeds and –
0: Oh, interesting comparison we're going to here.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I used to watch Weeds and, like, the main character of Weeds, which is Mary Louise Parker, Mm. was her own worst enemy. Like, she was such a shit by the end of the show. Like – it's like I don't want to see you succeed because you suck, and that's the way I felt about Kratos at the end of God of War Three. It was just like oh, yeah. God, you are the worst. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoy these games for their spectacle and for fighting very big things, but good God, this story is so like such a throwaway. Yeah, and they humanize him uh, in a big way, and you know they give him the son which he has no idea how to care for, and whatever you know. That's a very played out trope, but they do it mm-hmm. in, in a, I think, a pretty good way. And, you know, they change the combat. Uh, it's a it's slower. It's not much slower, but it is definitely slower. And they still have the spectacle. They still have the music. They still have the, the ferocity in the combat. Um, but they made the world interesting. Like, Norse mytholo- North, myth- mythology is, like, one of my favorite things. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I know who Thor is. <laughs> I know who these characters are and like, I'm interested to see what happens in that world. And of course in the God of war world, all the gods are assholes. Yes. Um, so you come to find out like, Hey, Th- Thor was an asshole. Um, mm-hmm. and the world serpent and the traveling between realms. It was just a, like a giant 30, 40 hour spectacle for me. Um, that I really enjoyed. They set up in a huge way, uh, for a sequel. Um, I really, I thought it was the best game of the year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you on really anything that you said. I will say that people are wondering, I wasn't, the reason I wasn't into the God of War, the God of War game wasn't because I was some huge super fan of the original God of War games. Like I wasn't like, Oh, they're changing it. Like that wasn't like my problem with it. Um, I feel the same way. I feel you feel about the early God of War games. I think, you know, they were, massively impressive it's spectacle and visual wise on the platforms they came out on um god of war 2 we look at it uh, being a ps2 game is like insane and the god of war 3 was unbelievable the scale stuff it did um but i didn't give a shit about kratos i i was like okay i'm done with god of war like let's do something new my issue when god of war was coming out was that it was like before it came out you know the way they were talking about it was it was going to be another one of these like oh it's going to take like a hundred hours to play it it's going to be like meandering open world and i had just you know the year before bounced off of horizon pretty hard because i was just like i, I don't this need to be an open world game like i like the ideas i like the the story but i the meandering part of it i just don't like right and that's just my thing with mortal games but in fact god of war is the exact kind of structure of a game that i love which is that it the world is open-ish, but it's more of like hub areas than it is um, giant open spaces that take a long time to go from beginning and end. They're, they're not out there being like, the God of War map is six times as big as any God of War map has ever been. You know, the, the, that, that kind of stuff. It's more like, hey, like, here's this area. You go from this place to place. It doesn't take very long to get anywhere in, in God of War, you know, at all. Um, and along the way the side missions that you do are interesting and are varied and have a lot of character building to them, which I didn't expect in the game. Um, and the combat is just, it is great. And I enjoy that. It, how it builds along the way to the point when you get those blades and all of a sudden the game becomes more in the speed of those, uh, original games in a lot of ways. Um, You know, I I loved it. I loved the story. I loved how it ended. I was interested in pursuing the end game, and just kind of at the end, just uh, what always happens to me with the games. Like once the story was over, as much as I liked the game, I just couldn't, I couldn't beat my head against a boss. With only the, the only reward being, hey, I beat the boss. Like I just, th- that's not. I don't have that in me. That's not part of my like DNA when I play games that have stories in them like this. And so I kind of, ba- I, I I I didn't I didn't end up going through the whole end game. But I loved the game. I, I was super into it, and I thought it was gonna be my number one. Up and really up until um i finished return of the Oberdin. but like it wasn't until like i i finished that game that i was like yeah nope this is this is my number one return Uh, of the Oberdin went
1: from hey i think i should play this because i hear good things about it to crap is this my game of the year like at the (laughs) in december uh it's in all the years we were doing talking games i've never played anything like this no um Lucas Pope made it. Who did Papers Please? Mm-hmm. Um, I I can't say enough good things about Return of the Oberdin. You are a you are a um, insurance adjuster, or um, and the ship called the Oberdin goes missing for x amount of years, comes back uh, out of nowhere, and there are just skeletons on board, and it is your job uh, to figure out what happened to these people for reasons unknown you have a magical compass mm-hmm. which if you hold over a person's body will let you see their last moments but the, the thing that Oberdin does that is just would should forever win best style from now until the end of time is these moments are frozen in time in this how would you explain the way the game looks
0: um it looks like hmm, an apple two game in a lot of ways like an or not i mean it's, it's better looking than that but it's like it looks like an old ass computer game like it's in Which that kind of you can of change
1: like, the set you can change the settings to make it look like whatever old monitor you want
0: yeah exactly but it's like this green and gray i would say almost green gray black sort of like color palette to it and everything is done sort of like in like pixel like like pixel dot sort of stuff i mean it's very it gets very detailed don't get me wrong but it's but it's not photorealistic like a um like a modern game would be so it, it has an intentionally um <coughs> lower res art style um which plays very much into the the way the game functions and, and works um but it has a it, it has a very cool look to it but but i think what justin what you mean is like when you when it freezes you've never seen a game that looks like that in that sort of dimensionality, right? All of a sudden you're like walking around these like, um, kind of like low res figures, but they're like, they're in the middle of these like very dynamic actions. And
1: there are shotgun bullets flying places and you're walking around the bullets or, um, there are people being literally torn apart and you're Mm -hmm. seeing like their low res intestines coming out. Yeah. Um, the part that, sold me on the game completely um is the first couple of murders, you like you know you need you have a list of manifests of the the people that were on the boat and you just you need to say this this body is this person and this Mm. is how they died. Yeah. And once you do, you know, eighty percent of them, you could technically end the game, but you want to get the full hundred percent. Um, but you're starting things completely out of sequence. You the, the game starts literally at the end yeah. where this giant kraken is tearing the boat apart and has crew members in its tentacles. And when you first enter the memory of the person that died and you see all this happening, this booming music comes oh, yeah, the music <laughs> playing. And I wish I could find where I could just listen to the Overden soundtrack because there's not a lot of music.
0: They, no, re- they no.
1: reuse a decent amount of it. Yeah. But it is affecting. Yeah. Oh yeah. In a big way. I wish I could listen to it on just repeat over and over again. Um, not on YouTube, because YouTube is the only place I can find it. Right. Um, but yeah, like in very satisfying to match up the people. So what it will do is it'll match up when you have three you've you've stabbed at three people and gotten these three people correct. It's like, congratulations these people you got correct now move on Mm -hmm. and you will eventually enter into new memories and see different timelines of this ship from almost setting sail to the very end Um, but towards the end it gets very difficult when you have like a handful of people alive you know maybe like 10 to 15 people alive and you're like i don't really have any clues as to who these people are so you have to start doing actual detective work Mm -hmm. you have to look at the clothes they're wearing the shoes that they're wearing. You have to revisit other memories to see people and be like, "This dude's in the doctor's office. Why? Okay, he must have something to do with either being a doctor or he must be with this person. If he's with this person, the doctor is looking at. Are they from the same nationality? Mm-hmm. Um, really, really good. Like." Yeah i remember one night i went from i was behind bobby and me and my wife (laughs) played this together and i went from like bobby's like i have like 20 solved and i was at 15 i ended the night at like 45 solved it took us (laughs) like five hours yeah but man like it's one of those games i wish i could go back and experience again Mm -hmm. for the first time like you know you come across those games like a handful of those games um yeah. I'll say like every couple of years. Like I really love God of War. I sure I wish I can go back and play it again, but even though it was my number one game of the year, I would choose I would choose the experience of living through the Oberdin, Return of the Overden again hands down.
0: Yeah, because I mean with God of War, right? We can go back and play that game in a year or two years and yeah, we'll remember the story, but it's going to playing the combat and stuff will be just as fun as when we did it the first time. Right. When you play Oprah din again, it's like the mystery is gone. Like that discovery is gone. And, and so you lose that, that fire or whatever that you have when you're playing. Cause the, I, I think the fact that it takes, you have to do three, right. Is a, is a kind of a genius stroke of game design because it stops you from, for the most part until the, when you get near the end and you only have a couple of options left, you can kind of brute force, a little bit like where you're going, but in the beginning, you can't brute force it because the, you don't, you can't just, if you get one right, it's not going to tell you you got one right. You got to get three right. And to brute force three and to have, you know, and to get them right, that's a that's a that's, that's, long that's odds, a lot, yeah. Right. Um, and plus, the game makes you, I would say, except for a couple of them, it sort of makes you not want to do that, right? You want to know you want to figure stuff out from your own sort of detective work, not just, Hey, I clicked a couple of buttons and, Oh, I hit on it. Right. Um, it, you know, the thing about the game though, is that like, because of that too, you can be like super sure it would. Okay. I know it was this person who did it, or I, I know, I know that this person must be this person. And then you get to the end, you get to like near the end of the game. And you're like, oh fuck I was I'm wrong this person is not this person yeah and like a couple of those you know and then you have to like go back through and be like oh shit and then <clears throat> it's it's two-handed though because sometimes that it hurts you because you're like oh I thought I had this but sometimes learning that someone you thought was somebody and they're not unlocks like eight people for you because you're like oh that's why I couldn't get this right because I was just I was just totally off on this one person um you know, um, my one gripe about it is just I, I wish it was easier to revisit some of the, some of the memories. Yeah, some you, of them, you, some of them are easy because they're just like surface, but something you have to go like three or four deep into a memory string. Like in Inception. To, yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. You got to reach that
1: bottom level a couple of times.
0: Yeah. There's the one where it's like all the people, the people on the boats, the people who like uh, try to defect yeah. and then come back. When I had to go back to that one, I was like, fuck, how do I even get back? to this point yeah. I have to go back in like three people to get there um but other than that like it it's just it's a it's an amazing feat and you know yeah I would love like hey just like put out like 20 more people I have to solve a mystery for you know but what I, I think part of what makes me so special is that you know whatever this guy does next time it's not going to be this. He's not going to do this again.
1: No, you know, and whatever he does and, next time I'm signed up for.
0: Yeah. So it's just very cool. Um, it's like playing a very, very involved game of clue. You know, that's what it feels like a lot. Cause you really have to figure out who the person is, who killed them and how they died, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it's just very neat. And that first moment where you see the Kraken, cause you go through the, like the, the captain, the very, very end where the captain shoots the people who are trying to take the boat away or whatever. First, that's the first thing you see, and it's like, okay, this is gonna be like, okay, this is just gonna be like, oh, you know, mutiny and ship politics, and then you go to this one body and all of a sudden it's like this person being ripped in half by a giant tentacle arm. You're like, Oh, this is this is different than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah,
1: Um, I wasn't expecting it.
0: And then there's even there's a moment later where you get to another sort of like supernatural ish thing, and that was even bigger for me because I was like i knew what that other thing was i don't know what the fuck these things are that are that are in here now um that it was it was very cool um and uh yeah i can't recommend enough it's only on pc right now it can run on anything anything yeah it can run it can run on on anything
1: but i I can't (coughs) picture a world where
0: this doesn't come to consoles this is going to be a switch game i mean there's no way this doesn't come to switch yeah um for sure i yeah papers please eventually came to console um, I hope this comes to console as well. More, the more people that can play it, the better. Yeah, the better. I have three that just missed that we didn't talk about. I need to get into them. Hitman 2, I, it's great. I loved it. I actually really loved the story, which is like nuts because I didn't pay t- any attention to the story in, in the the first one it's very much hey here's more of that game that came out a couple of years ago again um but that game was amazing and this game is also amazing and i wanted to i wanted more of it so it was right where i wanted it um uh, minute which was a very interesting little thing where you had a minute to basically it's 60 seconds and then your character would die and you had to like complete these objectives and progress the, the 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 story as you went. Um it's that looks like a I don't know, like an Atari game, basically. More than that. It's it's better, but it's like a very low, like simplified game. Um but just very clever, very fun. I I really, really enjoyed it. I love it. Uh, um and then uh we both have Donut County I think on our just missed lists. Um uh very great great music um, fun game i li- I really like the style and the attitude of it I know justin I think you liked it even more than I did I love um, Donut county
1: yeah it was I, the overden Ob- knocked dead uh, donut county out of my top five ah,
0: okay um people know you you're you're, you're just a, a raccoon who makes who who has a, a an iPad that controls a hole and you're basically trying to make things fall into the hole that's basically what it is it's fantastic it's, it's a it's very funny. um it's, it's very funny. funny it's very funny and it's like a whole like gentrification metaphor thing so it's 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 very cool uh Um, quickly
1: i'll talk about a couple of the ones that just missed mine um assassin's creed odyssey i'm in the middle of still you are extremely i'm 50 hours in i don't even know if i'm halfway through the game yeah i think you're Um, i don't think so (laughs) um i love it i i i mean i loved origins last year um i didn't really think I was going to get super into this. I was like, oh, I just played through origins. I don't know if I'm going to play it. And I started playing it. And I fell in love with it. I mean, the, the formula they have for Assassin's Creed right now is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, as I, I told my wife, it's like video game, the video game, or it's yes. a video ass video game. There are yeah. lots of systems. There, A lot of the systems are familiar to you if you've played mm-hmm. other Assassin's Creed or other open world type games. But I don't care. It just looks so good. It's fun to play. Um, the characters are actually pretty good. The main character I'm playing as Cassandra is pretty awesome. Um, Tetris Effect is... A, like a spiritual experience at times when you're playing <laughs> it. In, especially in VR. Um, I'm not great at Tetris. But some of those beats are insanely good. I cannot wait for them to finally come out with a soundtrack for it. Um, just a like a wild experience. I paid $40 for Tetris and don't regret it for a second. So try and figure that out. Um, the big one um, is I played Red, Red, Redem- Red Dead Redemption 2 from beginning to end. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about that game, which I will try and condense down pretty quickly. <laughs> I think it's one of the best video game stories I've ever played. The Tale of Arthur Morgan is a impactful one. Um, I never actually finished Red Dead 1. Um, mm-hmm. I had the end spoiled for me and then this, I was just like not really into an open world game at the time. I was probably, I got to the, I got to Mexico and did a little bit of things there. Um, so I knew, I knew the story of John Marston. I knew what happened in John, uh, John Marston. And I figured like, okay, I, I played Grand Theft Auto five while we were on the podcast. I said I was going to beat one. And so I was like, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm, I'm going to see red dead from beginning to end. The, the game for me wants to fight you tooth <laughs> and nail to play it. You know, Mm -hmm. no fast travel. Um, It is one of the biggest open world games I've ever played. And sometimes you are literally riding for 15 minutes to get somewhere, shoot two people, and then ride back. Um, Fast travel does open up where you are able to fast fast travel two places, but you still have to ride the 15 minutes back. Um, (laughs) The combat wasn't anything to write home about. But the world and the people in the world and the side quests, the story was really good like really good i mean the way the game looks like it is rare i can grab my wife and be like just come look at this and her be like oh wow like i need to sit and watch this for a few minutes and red dead had so many of those moments like Mm -hmm. technically graphically it is off the charts but the voice acting is really good um, the characters like you look at Dutch and you were like this guy's a used car salesman and he plays it so well that he you don't even see it coming where I mean you know it's coming because you've played the first one but his descent into charismatic group leader into narcissistic asshole um, is a great one and Arthur's quest of you know, being this outlaw and then spoilers for Red Dead, you know, you get sent out on a mission early in the game to go be, uh, you know, beat this family down or this dude down for money, uh, like a money laundering thing. Like, you know, one of your camp members gave him money and he hasn't paid back and now you gotta go beat him down. He's sick. He's got tuberculosis and you beat him down and he coughs on you. And later in the game, you find out you have TB as well. Mm-hmm. And you, you know that was a bad time for the people back then who had that and so yeah. he knows he's dying and you see his health getting pr- progressively worse throughout the game and he's you know coming to terms with you know what do i want to go out as do i want right. to go out as an asshole or do i want to go out as a good person and mm-hmm. you know his his the way that story ends to the epilogue log where you know the next story begins which leads into red dead one i mean it was fantastically done the music you know red dead's i mean uh, rockstar's always really good with music and having those moments where you know like in the first game you're you're riding into mexico and that that music is playing there's like three of those in this game where something huge happens and now like you know a song with people singing comes on it's just the world was something i i don't think I will see again until the next rockstar game comes out with like that level of detail and richness. It was an amazing thing to behold, but not always an amazing thing to play. And that's why it just missed out on being in the top five.
0: Hmm. All right. Um, Cool. So that's gives you a good idea of the games that we loved last year. Um, we are already running longer than I thought we'd run for the whole show, Justin. So yeah, <laughs> you
1: started talking. So that, that, yeah, that's I know. Stuff that happens.
0: Um, I think that um, I definitely want to talk about, well, let me ask you how deep do you want to get into talking about apex legends on this particular episode of our show? We like apex legends a lot. Yeah. It's awesome. It's a great battle royale game. Um, we, uh, it's interesting because we are been bouncing back and forth between that and Blackout, and they couldn't be more different. Yeah. Um, and they all they both have I think they're 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 huge strong points. Um, and, and there's stuff I like about both of them more than the other one. But the the cool thing about Apex is that with its character based sort of system it is constantly giving you stuff to do that isn't just about the shooting part of it. Um, and there's a whole layer. I mean, sure. If you're great at shooting, you're probably going to do great. You're going to do fine, you know, but it, it gives you another layer of stuff, uh, another layer of engagement that the other games don't give you. Um, and for me, it gives me a level of engagement that I can deal with that I can understand unlike Fortnite, which I just, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do the building. I can't see the um, building.
1: I'm just not fast enough.
0: I'm not fast enough at it. This gives me a, a, that other layer of stuff like Apex does, but something I can understand. And, you know, it's an Overwatch like sort of like ability, you know, system with, with the characters. Though all the characters have the same move speed, all the characters, you know, um uh, have the same basic sort of like attributes, but they have these power sets that, that make them different. And there's he, there's healing, there's healers, there's support characters, there's assault characters. So it's an interesting mix uh, uh, of things. Um, We've played I, a lot of it. we played a lot of it. I think in many ways still kind of getting our 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 feet underneath us as far as like the progression and the way the game plays. Um, we have very good nights and very, 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 very bad nights, uh, which, I mean, that's kind of what happens in Battle Royale games. Uh, but... Yeah, I'm digging it, and I, I, I'm digging like, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing when the, this battle pass comes out. I, you know, I, I'm hoping by the time we podcast again next month, it'll have come out and we'll be able to. The rumor be, is the twelfth. The so twelfth. Okay. Six, six days in a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be talking about that and and seeing how that goes because I would like to give that game more money if they would if they would allow me to do so. Um, other than that, this year for games that came out this year, what have we really? We haven't really played much, right? For games that have actually released in the in calendar 20 um, no i mean most
1: of most of my time has been spent playing if i'm not playing a battle royale it's i'm playing you know um assassin's, assassin's creed, creed odyssey creed. um yeah. and i have a bunch of games in my backlog ready to go like i, I want to take a look at starlink i have that mm-hmm. i have metro 2033 i'm waiting that'll be the next game that i dig into metro exodus um, you mean? oh yeah i'm sorry metro exodus <laughs> um we tried to get into anthem uh we did we really did i mean for those of you who are familiar with me i am one with the hype for a (laughs) lot of these games that's that's always been my thing i'm easily excited yeah um so for me to play anthem for a couple of nights and be like without even finishing the story be like well i'm done yeah um is like a big thing um It's hard to get so many things wrong. I think in Anthem, the shooting and the flying and the actual playing of the game, I think, is super enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, It's everything. You know, it's a lot like Red Dead in a way. The game fights you to play it. There are so many things that you have to do to get back into a mission, talk to so many people. Like, Destiny laid out these the groundwork for this type of game to come in and succeed. Like, don't make the same mistakes Bungie made. Yeah. They've somehow made more and made a less enjoyable thing. Like, Bungie's always got the shooting down pat, but like, yeah. simple things like being able to look at your inventory while in a loading screen, like, you just can't do... And, I mean, and Anthem is just chock full of loading screens. Oh my, God, there's um, so many loading screens. It's so, so many, many loading, loading screens. screens. And you know what? They may get the game back in, uh, you know, they, they, they may get the game in shape within Mm -hmm. the next couple of months you know let's see if ea actually does support this thing but it's um it takes a lot to turn me off of a game as fast as anthem did and it managed
0: to do it yeah i i think that the the thing about anthem is that let's let's go back and let's compare it to not 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 but not bit for bit but to the launch of destiny one right like the destiny the vanilla destiny had a lot of issues and a lot of problems but at least most of those problems were to do with what you did after you finished the 15 10 15 hour campaign and then you're like okay what What's next? What do I? What's next? How do I get this loot that they want me to get? And that was something they really had to fix. They had to grind. They, it was a it was a grind when it first came out. But at least that first initial experience was like, man, the shooting's awesome. The story's kind of gobbledygook, but it looks real pretty, and like you know, like it, it feels good to play. Um, with Anthem, it's like, yeah, the flying the flying is fun, but even the unequivocal like best thing about the game, which is the way the flying feels. They're like, yeah, but we don't want you to do it. We don't want you to do it that much. Like, you can only go so far, and then you're gonna overheat. Which, I do, I understand like a a selective combat like, um, like scenario. But just in that open like area when you're flying from place to place, what is the what is the reasoning behind you're gonna overheat super fast if you don't like fly through a waterfall? The map's not big enough. They, yeah but you, you're only to going to this, this one objective yeah. like you're only going to an objective you know what i mean that's what i mean like it's not like it's not like hey like if you fly out of the realm of the mission it's just gonna throw you in another loading screen and warp you back to where your other people are you know what i mean so it's like i feel like the, the game i agree with you it's like oh yeah if, if, if it was just like hey go out and fly in this world like yeah like limit it because i understand that but like in those scenarios like if we're if we're, if we're going from one mission objective to the other mission objective, like you should at least let me just have enough flight to get to the other mission objective. You know, it's not like if I land, there's like, oh, now it's dangerous down here and I have to fight my way through here. It's like, nope, there's maybe an animal down here, maybe, but I'm just going to wait until my thing goes back down and I jump back in the air. Um, It feels like they got caught.
1: In between the type of game that they wanted to make, like when you think of Bioware, you think of Dragon Age, you think of Mass Mm. Effect, you think of these. And what do you think about when you think about those games? You think about talking to people. Yeah. You think about going to Garrus or Mm. Tali, or and having these long, in-depth conversations with them because that was the best part of those games. Yeah. And then this is like, well, we want to make our own version of Destiny, and it's like, I think you did an okay job with the with the world and the shooting and the enemies and the Mm. ultimates and stuff. But they added in the layer of when you're done with your mission, you need to go back to base, and there's seven more people for you to go talk to. Yeah. And like they zoom in on the character's face, and there's, you know, you'll have a choice of like, I want to choose this option or this option to answer back with. And it's like, it doesn't flow. With Destiny, you walk up to somebody, and I'm using Destiny because it is the, you know, I'm going to say it's the pinnacle of these type of games, if Mm -hmm. only because it's the one everyone's most familiar with.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Where you go up to a person, they have a line or two to say, they give you a mission. Mm -hmm. And then you go out into the world and you do the mission. Yeah. Or you could pick multiple missions to do while you're out there. Uh, But this, it's like, it feels like they just kind of make, especially with the loading times. It's like, you go out, you do this mission. You succeed, fail, whatever, come back. And it's like it's time spent is 15 minutes running around, Mm -hmm. talking to people in between loading screens and stuff before you can get out there and do another story mission. Yeah, it's like they, they, they needed to decide we want to make a game where it's a sci fi game where you're talking to people like Mass Effect or we want to do this big open shared world thing like Destiny. And they took too little of both things, threw it against the wall and was like Anthem
0: yeah absolutely and it, it definitely feels undercooked too it definitely feels like they're like no no no, it's got to be out in march it's, like it what, was that, not ready to come out it was not ready to come out um and i agree with you i mean i i think like if the if you look if you went back to the base and it was like you gotta talk to these people and when you talk to them it was like interesting and f- with characters that i was interested in talking to then i would still be like oh you know i wish i could jump back into a mission but at least this is Interesting, you you know. But as the point, those like dialogue choices you're talking about don't matter. Like you just like, are you gonna be super snarky or just kind of snarky? Like that's kind of what it is, and and that's all. And and I feel like, like you said, the loading screen thing is just so to to just map it out. Okay, I finish a mission. Right, there is a screen where you have to go launch a mission. There is no launch your missions. There is no option when you finish a mission to go back to that screen and just launch into another mission. They give you the option to go to the forge, which is where you, the only place you can switch out weapons and abilities on your character. There is no inventory screen in the game other than that. You can't pull up an inventory screen any other point in the game than when you do that. You can go back to the the fort, which is this, like, the story area, let's call it, or you can. It's the tower. it's not, but it's not like the tower because the tower is a social hub, right? Yeah, that's it, true. The, you know, the tower is full of other real people. Um, this is just you in it, or you can go to the launch bay, which is sort of like their social hub, which is you and a few other players. I don't know how many players can be in that social hub at the same time. Um, uh, so you go, you, you finish a mission, you go through a loading screen to get back to any of the other places that you decide you want to go. most likely you're going to have to go back into the the fort, right, to get to talk to some people, maybe pick up a mission, whatever you're going to do. So you load into there. Okay, I got my mission. I talked to my eight people or whatever. I moved ridiculously slowly through this area.
1: And all the while, you might have teammates that have already done this and they are just sitting there waiting for you to launch the next mission.
0: Yeah, Which which is another part about it too, which is it gets this sort of like, the fact that... The fact that the game match makes is by default, you know, even if you're going with randoms, means you're supposed to play this with people. It's like Destiny, yeah, you play with people, it's great, but in Destiny, you're more just more likely to play by yourself in a mission as you are to play with your friends, right? So it's like, but this makes you play with other people it unless you to make it make it private. Um, so you load into that, you load in there, you do those stuff. It takes a while because you have to walk all around this map um, and talk to all these people. You go back, you're like, okay, I want to go and change out my gun on my, on my, on my character. I want to maybe change the color scheme of my javelin. I'll go into the forge. That's another loading screen. So to get into your inventory, you have to go through another load. You do that. You go into there, you change everything. Okay. Now I want to leave here and go back. Okay. It's another loading screen back out into the, into the, the fort. Okay. Now I want to get into the javelin cause I want to get ready to launch a mission. Okay. I'm in the javelin. That's another loading screen. Um, Okay, I'm gonna pick a mission. All right, you know what? Wait, which javelin are you being? Oh, you're being this javelin. I want to just go switch my javelin out really quick. That's another loading screen. Switch out your javelin, then it back into the mission screen again. That's another loading screen. Then you okay, get the idea. W- then let's get into the mission. Okay, loading screen. We're in the mission. Th- that's what you have to do every single time. You you want to play a mission in Anthem, and it's like. We could play for two and a half hours, and you know, fifteen minutes of that is loading screens. You know, that's too much. That's too much time to spend on loading screens. Um, and the flying is good. The shooting is good. It's not like amazing, you know, but it, it, it's it's good. It's competent. It's competent. The characters have some cool powers. In the six hours ish that we played it, right? I think pretty much how long that's how long we played it. I think we saw two types of enemies, basically, you know, we had those bug creature things. And then we saw that one mission. We saw those like soldier characters, yeah. like the bad soldiers. Um, but every encounter was basically the same. It was like, okay, we're going to the place. We go through one area. That's like easy. We clean them up. And then oh, they say, Oh, there are turrets and snipers in this area. So we have to be a little more careful. Let's, we're going to dive. 15,000 times um then okay we got through that okay then we go through and then there's type sniper and turret area just with more enemies now and then there's some big shield guys it just was like it was the same and then the loot as well is just not great Inspiring. the loot, is, the loot yeah. is just uninspiring it just has a lot of issues and it's like it, you know it, it it's severely disappointing to me because I love Bioware and you love Bioware as well Justin um I, I, I like science fiction games. The idea of flying around in an Iron Man suit and shooting things sounds really cool. And like you said, they might get it there, but they have so much work to do Yeah, to, to get it there. But like To go back to Destiny one last time, when Destiny came out, I was like, man, I just wish there was more of this to do. Like that's what That was the main criticism against Destiny, except for like the quality of life stuff. Um was like, hey, I wish there was more of this to do and an anthem i was like do we have to do more of this like that's kind of how i felt you know and yeah, so i agree it's a bummer it's it, it's it's a big time bummer um yeah and i mean i haven't a lot of the games i mean again we even played a lot of the games came out, but there's been a lot of not great word on a lot of the games that have come out so far this year um, except for resident evil resident, um, so resident evil too oh i have been playing her. that game is fucking awesome <laughs> i look forward to finding out yeah, that game is really really great um it's an amazing remake of an amazing game and it, it's crazy cause it's, it feels like a modern game. It, it it feels like not that far off of what resident evil seven was doing, you know? And that's nuts. Cause it's a game that came out in 1996 or what, whatever it was crazy. Um, yeah. And it looks, it looks fantastic. Um, so it seems like Capcom is going to have a couple um, bangers this, this year in the early, in the early going. Um, so this month we've got um, some stuff coming out uh, so that's about to come out. So that's come out already. Um, so this game came out, I mentioned to you the other day, This called the occupation, um, which is apparently like bio first person, sort of like immersive sim type thing. That's mostly like an investigation type of game, which your type of thing I'm totally into that. I'm definitely gonna check that out. Um, uh, and uh, what's come? What comes out? Um, this Friday, Devil May Cry Five comes out, which the reviews just started hitting. Like I think today they were recording this, and they've been freaking great. They've been like amazing reviews. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing that a- a- as well. Um, is there stuff coming this month that you're excited about playing, Justin? Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice.
1: Somehow I'm the guy excited about the From game.
0: I mean, I'm very excited about it too, but I wanted to make you have to say it. So
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, we were doing a, you know, we were talking as usual about like the target deal and hey, mm-hmm. or what, what games are we going to split? And I was like, I'm really into the idea of playing Sekiro, and Bobby was just like kind of dumbfounded, like why, <laughs> why you, why do you want to play this? And I'm like, Oh, it's like looks like ninja shit. So let, let's do yeah. it. You wouldn't um, play
0: Dark Souls three, but you're going to play Sekiro. Shadow I Shadow played 12.
1: Bloodborne. Uh, you did.
0: And I beat Bloodborne. You did. It. Did You beat Bloodborne. I did not. Okay. I did not.
1: I can. Lead I've this never conversation beaten a From, from Software game. I since I am the one that's beaten sof- a <laughs> From Software game. I can continue this conversation. You have to see your way out.
0: I, I'm willing to bet though that combined, I played more hours of From Software games.
1: I don't know if that's a like a good thing. <laughs> um. Yeah. I look really. Fo- I'm, like. It's been a couple of years since I felt like I need to snap a disc in half. Um, Actually, previews for the game came out today and they said it is probably the most quote unquote friendly game uh, from has made, which I'm sure is still going to be hard as nails. Um, But I think that's what kind of got me into it was like I really wasn't in the mood to like go do the whole Bloodborne thing all over again. But it seems like the way that you progress in this game is a little bit different. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it seems the, like they're breaking
0: the, breaking their mold a little breaking bit. Breaking their
1: mold a bit, which uh, you know has my attention. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like I'm I'm super stoked to play that.
0: Yeah, um, we got The Division 2 coming out th- this month, which um, I-, I think we're both interested in, for sure. Uh, I think uh, Anthem kind of broke us a little bit.
1: You know what the thing is, though, for me right now, is I just don't feel like playing one of those games. Yeah, and yeah, I, that's yeah. what Anthem... Uh, did for not, not that that was Anthem's fault. Mm-hmm. When I'm playing with you guys, and we're going to include our friend Andy in this conversation, I just want to play battle royales, whether it's Blackout, mm. whether it's Apex, even if it's mm. PUBG, whatever it is, like that's what I want to do. Right. I don't want to take time away from one of those things to play a shared world shooter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I love Destiny. I played 200, 150, 200 hours of Forsaken, um, and. That might just be enough for me. Like I'm not into whatever Destiny's doing right now, but like I'm mm. super interested in whatever Destiny Three is going to be or whatever the next expansion is going to be. Right. Um. And playing Anthem, I was just like, I don't want to play this. I want to be playing Apex right now. And so yeah. with the Division, I liked the first Division. I, I played the entire game on mute. I can't tell you one thing that happened with those <laughs> characters. I don't know any of their names or any of the story or anything. <laughs> but I enjoyed shooting stuff. And so I, I think during the summer when you know we, we hit the summer lull that it'll be a mm-hmm. game that maybe the three of us get into and play some you know once they and once their roadmap starts starts going and it's like okay cool like we've played through the campaign and now we have these things that we could go do that weren't there at launch right, so i mean yeah. we will definitely play the division this year
0: yeah um and we played that we played the beta and for me it's like <laughs> I, I think for me honestly it's the only thing that like leaves me cold about it it's just like the the general like setting you know and like yeah. vibe of it. So, I'm like great i'm just like a dude with a gun wearing a jacket like running down a street you know it's like like i want i'm not like a crazy robot god who throws down lightning and you know yeah and, and talks to like uh and i'm an immortal who talks to, like a little like robot man who comes out of my arm you know or whatever it's like uh, I, I, that stuff goes a long way for me what, what, in games and movies and everything you know so I, I think that that's a part of the, when we played the, I was like this this is good like uh, the shooting feels fine like kind of like the little ability drone I got going on like it's like ridiculous cool but I, but it was just kind of like okay like I'll never play a moment of this when it's not with other people so other than that um, it will be the show 19 is coming out I usually play the show every year at some point but you usually do. it's when it's like it's 30. dollars so it will not be this month. yoshi's crafted world is coming? oh yeah. I'll be, play- I'll be playing that. yeah, your son why. is probably super excited about that, right? yeah. yeah. um it looks he, adorable. he's so
1: into pokemon right now. oh and really? I've, I've i've hated pokemon always never wanted to play a pokemon game and so we're playing, you know, um let's pikachu. go pikachu. let's go pikachu. Yeah. And my dad bought him to keep at his house, Evie, the Evie copy. Uh, okay. So like, I don't, dad. I'm like, I don't even know what you're doing, but okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, Jorah doesn't understand the idea. Like his reading is good, but it's not great yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's pretty good. Um, but he doesn't understand like the whole concept of, I'm go to the gyms and battle people. So he'd be like, how do I move this guy? And it's Snorlax. How do I move Snorlax? I need you to do research. So he's literally calling me at work on his watch phone and being like, can you do research on how to move this guy? He looks like this. And it's like, "Okay, I'll do the research. And so we just I think he's finally starting to understand, like, I need to go to the gyms and battle people there. Mm -hmm. But most of my time, he's like, do you want to play with me? It's like, first of all, it's one player, which means do you want to watch me play? And it's like, oh, yeah, Yeah. of course, I'll watch you play. Yeah. And he's like, well, you do it. It's too hard for me. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to ask you what I should do.
0: That's so funny. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so he must be excited did you tell him about the new Pokemon I sh- game they announced.
1: I, I, I showed him. He wants Sword yeah. just because he thinks Swords are cool.
0: Well, that's yeah, that's fair. Um, And then, uh, I was going to say, um, d- did you show him the Detective Pikachu trailer?
1: Yes, he's very okay. in.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure he's very in. <laughs> um, So other than that, actually interesting, just a little aside, like a year or two years ago we did. we did, we did a... Like a game club podcast about a game called Valley. You remember that, Justin? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's coming on Switch. Wow! Like <laughs> game, game coming on Switch. That's a cool game. It was yeah, a cool was game. The the locomotion in it is 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 very fun. It's like good. the that's the why movement is, is awesome because it's like it's crazy. Um, other than that, let's see. I don't see anything else really big. There's an episode of The Walking Dead coming out,
1: which that's the last one I
0: think. Has it's? I don't know if it's is it the last episode? episode I think It's four. the last
1: episode. I think it is the last episode.
0: I think there's six, really? Yeah. Uh. That game has its all all its own baggage along with it, so mileage may vary. Oh, you? I mean, Toe Jam and Earl came out this this month. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's more. It's back in the groove. It's more Toe Jam and Earl. One. If you like Toe Jam and Earl, one, you will like Back in the Groove.
0: I watched the quick look on Giant Bomb, and I was like, man. I didn't understand Toe Jammer when I was a kid and I still don't understand what's going on when I watch this quick look. It was so ahead of its time.
1: <laughs> I mean even back like back then, yeah, I, I never thought of it that way because mm-hmm. I was nine, mm-hmm. ten or whatever. But like you look at it, you're like, This was a roguelike way early yeah, way, yeah, definitely, way yes. early on, and it's weird in all the right ways and Yeah, it like it's got the same music. That's all I needed to know.
0: I gotta remember, Justin, what email address I set up for this. It is monthlyresetpodcast at gmail.com. That's monthlyresetpodcast at gmail.com.
1: You could write in and remind us how bad we are at this.
0: Yes, please do. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at monthly reset. Let us know what you want us to talk about, what games you've been playing, how wrong we are about the games that we've been loving and and not liking. Um, And uh, yeah, Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Bobby Shortle. Justin has a new Twitter name. Yeah, this made me get back on Twitter.
1: I I decided to take a break from social media for a while. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: Which means you just creeped.
1: Yeah, I mean... I just wanted to get away for a bit and like not worry about interacting with people or anything like that because like
0: I just fine, needed a break.
1: Fine yeah. idea. Um, and so I deactivated my account and was just like, I think I'm gonna just hide out and just read new stuff. And mm-hmm. then I was like, we're doing this, and I'm like, all right, I need to, I guess, activate my old one. And I was like, oh, I can't activate my old one. So you can follow me over at Parkley76.
0: Yeah, that's crazy that they like straight up are like not. You uh, can't restart your account. You'd think that they would keep it on file for longer.
1: Yeah, it was like 30 days. It must have been like 30 days. Um, yeah. But yeah.
0: You lost all those great tweets, Justin.
1: Oh, it's, my, my tweets were terrible. I barely used Twitter the right way. <laughs> I
0: know. I know you did. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. So yeah, that's it for the monthly reset for this month. We've cleared everything off the board. We're ready for the new month. We've got games to play. We've got news to take in, and we'll be back to catch you all up on it in yeah, about 30 days. Until then, thank you, Justin. Thank you, Bobby. Until next time, be good to one another.